0: for
1: their support. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil.
0: I'm Paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is a Benjamin Button style campaign where your characters level in reverse. They start at level 20 and slowly make their way to level 1. I was submitted by Barry Sex Bisexual. Uh, so like, so,
1: uh, <coughs> yeah. There's been like a few versions of this idea and variants on this idea, and like, I definitely think there's ways to. The obvious one is like some kind of curse or illness or something where the characters are slowly, powers are slowly being sapped it's a kind of you have to defeat whatever thing it is before you lose too much of your powers and no longer able to
0: yeah I feel like there's definitely a certain point where any sort of like physical altercation with the big bad is gonna become a problem yeah. which yeah I like the idea of having a time limit like that I yeah. mean we've talked about time limits
1: I have to In in the last episode of our amazing podcast. Thank you for listening.
0: But there's also the idea of like, if it's something, if it's not something you can fight, if it's something more supernatural, Mm. there's also the idea of it's probably draining everyone, not just the party. Yeah. And they've sent in like the strongest people they can find. So presumably you'll also be the last people alive if you leave it too long. So there's actually some very significant stakes in this.
1: Yeah, you could do this. Could work quite well as like a cosmic horror kind of game, especially given it's the whole kind of you start off as you know some of the most powerful people on the planet, and then yep, you turns out against this yes, even you're insignificant, and everything in the world is slowly withering away. You need to stop it fast. Yeah, I feel this would be one of the best ways to do kind of that kind of cosmic horror sense in a game which has very powerful protagonists
0: Mm. because you you do get at a certain point it's kind of well the only person left to fight that is actually a challenge is a literal god this could be a way to extend a 1 to 20 campaign even further like you've made it to level 20 but now something's happening
1: this is our level 1 to 20 back to 1 again.
0: And the best thing then is, once when... you defeat it, you can just start building your levels back up again. This is a, just an so infinite campaign.
1: campaign has been going on for 35 years, and it is just level 1 to level 20 to level 1 to level 20.
0: I mean, I get yeah. play it.
1: Like, the World of Darkness game Mummy the Curse does sort of something like this as an actual mechanic. Like, you start off as, like, an end-game-level super-powered character, but then you slowly lose all of your powers. You can only sort of exist in a world of a living for a limited amount of time. Which I'm not quite sure how playable it technically makes the game, but I think there's definitely something with that.
0: Yeah, and there's definitely... Curses and diseases in Dungeons and Dragons because, with this talking about level 20 Mm -hmm. and level 1, we can assume it's for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, there are things that can reduce your level, yeah, or at at the very least reduce ability scores. So, there's also the the idea of it doesn't actually reduce your level, it just your ability scores gradually reduce so much. That you have all of these abilities that you've gained over time. You're just really bad at them. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to cast this this like 6th level spell. What's your spell save, DC? 8.
1: But, yeah. I feel like that particularly works badly on like, the Barbarian. They can enter oh, a God. range, but they still only have a strength
0: also, apologies if you can hear my neighbours gardening. Admittedly, a Sunday afternoon is a good time to do some gardening, <laughs> but it's it's impractical for me specifically.
1: For some reason, none of our neighbours specifically base their lives around our podcast, which I feel is unacceptably rude.
0: It's it's inconsiderate. Yeah. We should reduce their levels.
1: Every time you make a noise in a podcast recording, you lose one level in every game. Yes. Legal fact. Yeah. Um, the other sort of idea I was thinking of for this particular thing, given it's d and you sort of have the trope a lot in fantasy of, I think I think that, yeah, magic, the magic fades away and like, these are the last days of the magical world, like you have that in Lord of the Rings a bit and of other things. This could sort of work for a kind of almost more tragic like part of the thing. Like magic is slowly fading away, you're slowly losing your powers, and what do you do in the last few months of the magical world before it becomes a mundane one?
0: Like a magical bucket list.
1: Yeah, essentially. have only got so there's only so much more magic left in the world. What do you do before it all goes away?
0: So I do like that. But I want to suggest to you the idea that everyone can do magic, but they also have a set amount. kind of like the theory that used to be a thing about like, oh you have a set number of heartbeats. Yeah. Everyone has a set amount of magical ability. And like some people, you know it's not a lot. they use it up doing like pranks when they're like five. So some people, it's a lot more, and they become very powerful sorcerers. But it's still limited. Yeah, and all of the characters are at their limit or reaching their limit.
1: But I like that. One thing I like about that is, like, it sort of justifies spell slots more mm. Then because uh, they don't make a lot of sense in universe.
0: Yeah, because I've always seen it as you know, like, there's only a certain amount you can do, like physically. In a day, because your muscles will complain. Yes, but yeah. Because, like, I've yeah, like, always liked the idea of sort of introducing some sort of magical exhaustion mechanic.
1: but of like maybe like your spells just get less and less powerful the more you use them, because you know it's getting harder and harder to keep casting magic. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, back to there's only a finite amount of magic yeah, I do. I do like that a lot, it's like where you only have. It's, I feel like, especially if everyone is a magic user, have it rather than strictly speaking, they lose levels. Have like a finite number of actual slots, like you've got twenty level nine slots left for the campaign.
0: See, I was thinking more along the lines of like you have a hundred points. Mm. A cantrip costs, say, like a quarter of a point. A ninth level s- spell costs nine points. Yeah. And it's kind of once you've used that last point, that's it. I would
1: really like this as a one-shot of, like, yeah, you've used a permanent story of magic and then some dangerous threat arises and you need to take him down with your last few spells.
0: Mm.
1: I really like this as a one-shot.
0: And all he, of You sim- could potentially boost it with, like, magic items and stuff. Yeah. But those are also... they They would have to also all be limited. Just by necessity of the mechanic. I like the idea of like
1: some kind of ability possible on the villain uses of like training other people's magical energy to boost your own.
0: Yeah. Because it
1: sort of makes sense in the universe as a way around that and will make the villain more powerful. Magical vampires Also was a temptation to the players of like, hey, you can get a bit more power to boost it to fight the enemy. Drink this guy's magic. It's almost like the normal experience point thing of if you kill this guy, you get more powerful, but sort of presented as straight up vampirism.
0: Except you could also do this consensually. It could be like, well, this guy, he's got a lot of magic left in him. He's not planning to use it. He doesn't really have the skill to utilize it in order to help. See if you can convince him to give you his magic.
1: (laughs) I'm just—I'm just imagining, like you have the wise old—you know—the sort of wise old mentor who should be powerful enough to resolve this issue themselves, that are giving it to these. Mm-hmm. You jump them and steal all their magic immediately after they do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to go out and fight the big bad yourself, we're going to grab your spell, spell staff, and do, use it.
0: I love it. Just draining all the DMPCs.
1: DM. old dmpcs just devoured until they agree to start. The DM
0: supporting. in this case, obviously standing for dank magic. Obviously, yeah. I think this has turned into something I want to play.
1: Uh, so yeah, so it's just yeah, because like, you can have a lot. Of, like you can have magical creatures who have sort of, other humans, who have a relatively fixed lifespan yeah like a magical creature could live forever if it didn't use its powers or could burn itself out in like a few weeks if it used up a lot because you know obviously it is magic so when it runs out of magic it dies
0: yeah so yeah i really love that because there's the whole thing in in like harry potter of like oh well if if you drink the unicorn's blood but this could just be you just drink the unicorn's magic
1: if,
0: if you drink find a dragon, unicorn. can you sneak up on it and take its magic? Just Drink the unicorn. <laughs> Just as a, as a meat smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I feel perhaps it does
1: it does determine a lot of sort of this whether you steal magic by like you know a kiss or whether you steal magic by putting the person into a blender and drinking smoothie, like. <laughs> I feel both those will give very different I
0: mean, how do you think you make Mana potions? You blend a wizard down to liquid <laughs> And then you distill it Like a fine gin
1: you Blend a wizard and you get A Mana potion, blend a barbarian And you get a health potion And I don't know who you'd blend To get a stamina po- potion The Some bard, obviously <laughs> There we go. I hope you've enjoyed this terrible secret as to how potion
0: And on that note, we're going to play you some plugs and then answer some questions. Hi, I'm Hazel and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread, which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like
1: regional foods, ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much
0: anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman, then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on Twitter. or. Find us everywhere
1: podcasts exist.
0: (laughs) Have you ever wanted to see a tripe monster? Do you want to know what happens when you compress an egg? We don't have these answers.
1: Or that. Do you want to truly understand the
0: tripe monster from space? Do you want to know what happens when you compress an egg? We don't have the answers to these questions, but we do have a podcast about bad and weird films. Pod 9 from Outer Space, starring me,
1: Nick, and Liz, who is not me.
0: So our first question comes from uh, Mesriel. I'm doing 12 raccoons inside a full suit of armor as a quest giver. What's the best way to make it as probably terrible as possible?
1: Like, at the point at which you have 12 raccoons in a suit of armor as a trench coat. Not as a quest giver.
0: (laughs) The trench coat is the quest giver. Yeah, um... I think
1: what I would do would make absolute, would even make absolutely no attempt at hiding it whatsoever. Like, they don't speak common, they just chitter. Raccoons chitter? Whatever noise raccoons make.
0: I think chittering is an accurate term.
1: Yeah. Sort of like, occasionally crawl out and like, deal the party's ration or that kind of thing. Like, you just get, you just get handed like, Quest on a poorly written note in a raccoon's mouth as it runs back into the armor. Or give absolutely no indication beforehand. The characters are really sophisticated and like urbane and just as wise advice and mentors. Until in the final scene where they laugh hysterically, pull off their helmets, and just a dozen raccoons pour out and run away into the corridors. And chittering that you've been fooled.
0: So, in order to answer this question, I read up on raccoons.
1: I guess that might be a good idea.
0: Um, one thing I learned is that raccoon breeding season tends to be around when the days start getting longer. So what I suggest is they meet this character before the winter solstice, and they're, you know, they're witty, they're sophisticated, they're on, they're on the ball, Come and meet them after the winter solstice and they're down to fuck.
1: <laughs> this time the NPC rolls to seduce you.
0: Either that or you just turn up and there are some interesting noises coming from inside that suit of armour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have one raccoon who's talking to you, mouthpiece. Eleven raccoons who are banging seriously. <laughs>
0: Just a full-on raccoon orgy with metallic echo.
1: Find a sound effect for that somehow. (laughs) Make it yourself if you need to. And just play it during all interactions with them.
0: Nick, I have an editing challenge for you. Create that sound and insert it here. I hope that's terrible enough for you.
1: Um <laughs> I'm not sure I can top the coon orgy
0: <laughs> You don't have to be the top <laughs> Um so the second question comes from Derp Ravener Um How do you feel about homebrew being both being in <sighs> How do you feel about homebrew being brought into a campaign otherwise using only official content? Like, it
1: obviously depends a lot on the homebrew. It's the boring answer.
0: Yeah, but like, I mean, as long as the DM's checked over it and thinks it looks pretty balanced, sure.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to play too many games drunk. That's just going to, like, ruin things. But bringing in a little, a bit of homebrew is, like, probably.
0: Yeah, especially if it's a nice hoppy one. I really like the smell of that. Yeah. Gets you in this sort of aily mood.
1: I think, yeah, ask your players if they're, like, give people if, like, you know, they're okay with people drinking at the game, but otherwise they don't see an issue.
0: Um, so the last question is Anonymous. Any tips or steps for building a city? We'll hmm. choose a lot to assume bridge. you mean in the game.
1: Uh, I, I, we apologise like,
0: if you... Make sure you get planning permission. Uh,
1: apologise if you intended to submit this to some kind of architectural blog, architectural podcast, and like, it's been a terrible misunderstanding.
0: I mean, I, th- I think the first step is to figure out I mean this is very much with my archaeologist hat on but why is there a settlement there specifically because I mean I think kind of less so in the US because it's kind of we'll put a city where we damn well please um, but certainly in most of the world I think it's very much about this is a good spot because it has water, or it has good farmland, or it's religiously significant. So I think you you need to think about the history and then think about how that place would evolve.
1: Hmm. Yes, I have a different approach. I'm emergency. sorry if
0: that's if that's a good answer. <laughs> It's it's possibly a g it's gonna have a different
1: approach to making cities, which is more kind of what does this city why what does this city add to kind of setting? Like you no, know, because uh, so like you have a lot of cities which are kind of like, you know, the archetype of you know, the dark the dangerous kind of city or the city which is sort of the big and wealthy and powerful city. And I think like a lot of my big problems with a lot of RPG camp- RPG made settings is they have a lot of cities and a lot of nations, all of which are incredibly boring, and completely changeable, and you'll never bother to remember anything about any of them. And so, I think, why, what makes this city unique, and why, why are we bothering to have a new city here rather than just keeping it in the first place we started? I think important for an RPG campaign.
0: Yeah, I think I think I would actually start there, rather than with my thing. Actually, thinking about it, what do you want out of it, and then how did it come to be?
1: Uh, like, especially in kind of a fantasy setting where things can get very sort of symbolic and metaphysical or magical, what have you. Yeah, I think generally. I think by the way I would do it, it would like if, imagine when you tell your players you arrive at the city, and you look up, and you see. If you don't have a sort of compelling image to put in, and then you see, and sort of maybe go back to drawing board. I think like we've, we've given two possible good answers to this question, which is very off Um. Answer, we'll just, we'll
0: just have to insert the raccoon noise again here, just yeah. balance it out.
1: A bad answer, raccoon orgy, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Start with the raccoon orgy, and then work out from there.
1: I don't have... What were the uh,
0: historical in- events that led to the raccoon orgy? Why um, is the raccoon orgy significant to your campaign?
1: I don't have papers archaeology. I'm going to assume that most ancient cities were based around the local raccoon.
0: Okay. Raccoons like to wash their food. Therefore, being near a water source is important. Cities outside of the... United States at least, tend to be built around water sources. Therefore, we cannot definitively prove that raccoons weren't involved in town planning.
1: Okay, so to answer your question, questions you need to answer. One, why historically would a city be built here? Two, why, what extra things does the city add to my campaign? Three, how close is this city to a horny raccoon? I hope that answers your question.
0: So, that was the Probably Bad Podcast. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. If you have a question, um, you can send it to Probably Bad RPG Ideas on Tumblr or email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support our raccoon orgies, you can um, go to patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas and get access to the gaming kind of homebrew and bonus episodes, or just give us a review or a rating, and remember to have a probably bad bad day.